live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am here once again with none of the other Smokin' Tobacco team members. That's right. I'm flying solo tonight with our guest, who I'll get to in a second. Uh, but just as a big public service announcement, uh, this, uh, this will be the last week of Thursday nights. Next week, we will return to our former night, Wednesday nights, at 7 p.m. Same time, same place, but Wednesday nights. So just for those who watch live, make a mental note, Wednesdays going forward. You've been warned. If you can't find me on Thursday night, you already missed the show. So that is our big, uh, big change. Mitchell will most likely be on the show with me more. Nicole, for obvious reasons, a little bit less. And... We may even see the return of John Carney a little bit more, hopefully. Um, no promises. He's a busy guy, but we'll see. Um, but without further ado, we'll worry about that next week. We have a guest with us tonight, a really awesome guest. I think most of you guys know who this guy is. He makes fantastic cigars. Um, without further ado, I'm going to bring him on, and that is uh, Mr. Nick Melillo of Foundation Cigar. Nick, what's up, buddy? Great to see you. Thanks for having me. Happy uh, Thursday. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. The week just... I feel like, you know, as you get older, time... It's true what they say. The older you get, the faster everything happens, you know? You know, it was best explained to me by an older gentleman who said it's it's like an hourglass. So when you, when you first flip that hourglass, it looks like the sand is moving slow. But as there's less sand... It looks like it's moving faster, but it's really moving the same speed. Right. The perspective of it, because there's less sand, makes it seem as though it's going much faster. And I, I, I have to say that's that's true for myself. And it is true what they say. Mm-hmm. The perspective of time moves really, really <laughs> fast as you get older. Well, usually for most people, the older you get, the busier you are. You get married, you have kids, you're working and all this. So your plate gets more full and obviously you have less and less time to do all those things. So, uh, it, it, But what you're saying too, that is true. It, it makes sense. Um, and I'm feeling it now. I'm starting to feel it as I get older. How old are you now? I am. I'm, tw- I'm, I'm, no, it's okay. I'm 29. I'm, uh, I'm only oh, 29. Man. Enjoy it. You're young. <laughs> You're young. You're young. I can't believe I'm saying that now. How old uh, are you? Um, I'm 44, man. And, really? Uh, I didn't think you were that I old. Am. You know, uh, I appreciate it. That it makes me. Uh, I thought you were like 35. Me... <laughs> That's what I get a lot, and I have like 40 pounds on me, so I actually look even younger if I have some of this weight off of me. But um, yeah, I started. You know, I started really early in the industry when I was 18. When I was 18, I looked like I was 13. So it was <laughs> it was funny starting to work at a cigar shop at 18. And I really did. I looked like I was yeah, 13, 14 years old. And, you know, guys would come into the store and they'd look at me and they'd be like, what? The, who the hell is this kid telling me about cigars? Well, you know, what is he? What does like, he know? Is he even old enough and, to be in uh, here? <laughs> correct. I got a lot of that. And, you know, slowly but surely with time, I was able to win over a lot of the customers and they, I think they began so. to trust me <laughs> as time went on. Yeah. So, um, well, I wanted to say, you know, thank you for being here with us tonight. We're already off to a great start. I'm having a great time. 
Um, I hope you have a great time, too. Uh, I am smoking, uh, courtesy of our friends at Two Guys Smoke Shop. If you head to the number two guys cigars.com, that's right. You just heard Nick say it. Two guys, the number two guys cigars.com. You can grab a cigar from our cigar of the year list, the Olmec Maduro Toro. Toro, nice. sorry. Um, you can pick this up at the number two guys cigars.com as well as all other amazing fucking cigars from, from Foundation Cigar Co., the Upsetters, Charter Oak which is a sleeper, definitely grab that cigar. If you haven't That's smoked it yet. Sleeper, yeah. I'm smoking one tonight. <laughs> I need something. For those something who don't like. know, Nick, for those who don't know, you know, you're talking about Charter Oak. I think there's people out there who, who run across it, and it's at a more affordable price point, if, which, you know, for those who don't know. Uh, it, but don't let that fool you. That's a great cigar for the price. That was one of my first cigars Years ago, when I first started podcasting, I had that cigar for the first time many moons ago when I was on the Ashholes podcast at Two Guys Smoke Shop. Yeah, yeah, sure. That cigar, I was like, damn. And I was like, who makes this? And they were like, Mick Melillo. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) You know, I I appreciate it. It is is one of those sleepers. And the intent, people, some people don't know what to make of this cigar. And some shops don't know what to make of it because... (laughs) They don't because of the price point. Some shops don't like it because it's too inexpensive. And of course, you want to focus on those, you know, uh, those uh, better margin sticks. But people just took to them, and it took off. You know, my intent was to make something that was reminiscent of Connecticut cigars, right? So, in Connecticut, where I grew up, my grandfather all smoked Connecticut brands, and right. so many brands existed. Up into the late 90s, a lot of these brands still existed. Then a lot of them kind of faded away. Um, there's a few, you know, Toppers, uh, Chris Topper, who owns Topper Cigars. He's he's around. He's been going since the late 1800s. But there was tons of brands. So my intent was to make something that was more of your everyday type of cut in the lawn type, type of cigar. Something maybe, you know, that you're... You're, you're not gonna uh it's not gonna kill your 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 wallet and that's what those connecticut cigars were they always really great cigars at a really awesome price and charter oak i set off to do that and it's you know gotten best buys from cigar aficionado almost i think two years in a row and people seem to just love the cigar we're yeah. finally uh to the point where we can keep them in stock because for so long, they just, yeah, just kind of took off by itself. Yeah, that was a cigar. That was one of the cigars that when I first went into Two Guys Smoke Shop, back before I was anything with cigars, I, you know, I didn't know much. And I just started kind of going in there to hang out and smoke cigars and just, you know, try to figure out what cigars were. You know, as you know, most shops, you know, they go, hey, you know, what's, you know, what, what cigars do you recommend? And the shop people who work there will say, oh, you know, there's this and this and um, and Charter Oak was one of those cigars. Like, hey, have you had Charter Oak? No. And uh, I did that. And at that point, I had heard of you and, and some of the other cigars you've had, I'd had I, I had had. And and I was like, no, I don't really know about this cigar. And someone just gave it to me. They didn't tell me anything about it. They're like, oh, try this cigar. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And I'm like, like what what like who, what company is this? I'm like, oh, it's Foundation, Nick Malillo. And I was like, oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah, I really like his other cigars. And from Gosh. then on, I was like, I, it, it, it is a little deceiving. You're right. 
you know, it's it's a little like you, the price points a lot lower and um, but I'm like, damn, but regardless, I'm like, this is a good cigar. And it just means that I can buy even more of them. So. Solid. Yeah, 20, <laughs> count, 20 count boxes. You got them in three wrappers. You know, so we, I tried to hit all of those those kind of flavor profiles from the, you know, Maduro's Connecticut Broadleaf, the Shade, and then the Habano is right in the middle. So you got you got the best of all worlds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm also, I'm, I'm lighting, I already cut and lit, but I cut and lit my cigar with Cigar Blondie accessories. Don't forget to head over to CigarBlondie.com and check those out, featuring their amazing flat blade flame lighter, their double guillotine cutter, available in three finishes. I have the chrome set, Nicole has the white set, and Cigar Coop has the black set, only at CigarBlondie.com. Um, so now that now that my in, my initial ads are out of the way, Nick, I can really dive into this with you. Um, <laughs> very exciting. Uh, I'm smoking the Olmec. Probably not even just me. If you ask most people out there, I'm sure you've probably already heard it hundreds of thousands of times. Uh, one of the best cigars to come out last year. It definitely got a lot of buzz. Um, Thanks. Yeah. You know, we have another show called the Spare Notes Show uh, that I do with uh, Cigar Coop, William Cooper. I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, Coop. <laughs> I gotta say it every yeah. time I hear his name. Gotta Coop. do it. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be talking to Coop. I haven't talked to him in, in so long. I think we got something lined up in the next couple of months. But yes, um, Mr. Cooper. We uh, we were we actually I think we talked about this this past weekend on our on our spare note show that we do because uh, we talked a little bit about uh, some of the lists that I, we had made at Smoking Tobacco about you know companies that were you know kind of in control, companies that were just kind of hot and companies that were kind of, you know, making a comeback and, or just ones to watch in general, you know, and, and foundation really was one of those companies that, you know, for a couple of years and you weren't the only one, but it seemed things were a little quiet. And then fast forward, you know, you go to 2022 at the trade show and you guys are back You get your beautiful booth with the pyramid and everything. And it's great. And you were there and we caught up with you and all that, but you, you, you brought some stuff with you. You brought, First of all, you brought the Olmex, which I have like I can't I can't do anything cigar related. Go to a shop, talk to anyone without someone mentioning Olmec. I mean, did you expect this cigar to be as popular as it became? You know, you always hope that people are really going to take to your your new creations, and I I just really nestled in in the creation process with Olmec, and I think the connection to between the history of tobacco is there, you know, with the civilization of the Olmec and being one of the, the oldest civilizations to use tobacco. And then just my relation to traveling to that area, uh, uh, San Andreas, uh, Tuxville. I had been going to Mexico since probably 05, 06 purchasing tobacco. So it seems like all, all of the stars aligned and I am a little surprised in a way just to see how certain brands just kind of have that magic. And it seems like the Olmec is really, really making a splash in the market. And, um, you know, it's been a crazy three years. Uh, like you said, we were kind of quiet COVID hit and it was just kind of crazy times. And it was cool to see not being on the road, not having any salespeople on the road, how strong the brands, all this work we have been doing since we started the company. But I really took time to 
you know, be in one place. I was, it kind of came at a perfect time for me because I was, I was traveling way too much. I was in Nicaragua between their office in Connecticut and just really exhausted. Um, so we kind of took COVID time to, you know, take some downtime, but during those two years, I was able to really get into the creation process. And so Olmec is the result of, you know, the two years of just me kind of nestling in and then just really working with some amazing tobaccos. Which know? is what and I think a lot of manufacturers did. I mean, we saw, and like I said, you weren't the only one. There was a lot of companies that I think, there was companies that I think had enough to just kind of get through it. And they did. Big companies like, you know, Drew Estate, General, Altidus, um, Oliva, you know, then you had your mid-tier guys and the smaller companies. And I think that some of them either already had stuff ready to go and then some of them, you know, it kind of threw them off a little bit. And I think some of them made the choice. Um, and there's tons of them that were like, you know what, let's just settle in. Like you said, let's just let's focus on creativity. Let's take some downtime. We'll stop the traveling. Let's be in the factory. Let's be at home, work with tobaccos, come up with some stuff. And then when this thing is over, eventually, we're going to have all these things to display. And that is exactly what you did. And I have to say, I think uh, it, it paid off for you. You know, you you had you had some winners in there. <laughs> you know, we had we had a few winners. I mean, Olmec was the, the core line that we released. The other things we released at the show, like the Menelik Toro, I see Skip is, is asking for Yes. It. Skip, we are behind with Menelik Toros right now, as we are with Olmec. So the the demand has just been above our expectations. So we're running behind right now. So if you see any Menelik Toros out there, or Olmec for that matter right now, scoop them up. We hope to be getting caught up. Um, I'm actually heading to Nicaragua tomorrow. So I'll be down there for most of this year, making sure uh, everything's everything's on point. But as the month continues, we should be getting doses of shipments, but they're, they are going to go quick. I'm hoping by February we get kind of caught up. So if you see any of the new stuff out there, Menelik, uh, we, we, ex we extended uh, Wawensei and Wiseman Maduro with a size called Macho Raton, which is a four and three quarter by 60 Perfecto. Those right now we're behind on, so we're hoping over the next month we'll get we'll get caught up, Skip. Yeah, Thanks I remember. Question. I remember when the uh, the Menelik the the shorter the was it a robusto or I think it was just a robusto yeah, the, came out. The first Menelik was is a four uh, four and a half by um, fifty two uh, robusto. Yeah, that was the first one. That was my I started with an event only for that that cigar that came in a five pack that I would do only when I did events. And uh, there's some of those in stock right now, but not many um, also. But that was the first one. And then we've just had such a demand for a larger size for Menelik. So we came out with the six by 52 Toro and 12 count boxes at the show. Those are quarterly releases. So we do quarterly limited releases. So every quarter uh, we have about 700, 800 boxes that come in. Um, and we kind of use those, you know, for our, our customers that are supporting all of foundations lines. That's, okay. That's kind of what that cigar is. Kind of more for. of like an incentive to purchase more or. 
yeah we just don't make that many um and yeah it's it's definitely an incentive for those that are you know not just cherry picking yeah <laughs> uh the other one that came at the show that i that i actually i have smoked i don't think any of the rest of my team has smoked them yet but i had one was the and i always butcher the name so i already know you know where i'm going with. is it the is it the seninger seninger yeah 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 i got it this which time. means of the gods of the gods um it's a difficult one uh <laughs> it's a difficult one now I, and i didn't choose that name um, <laughs> like guys at high claire are really you know we worked with an egyptologist from yale on the project which is you know, incredible and as you know sometimes when you get involved in that creative process the artist in you is not really thinking about the functionality of uh, <laughs> how things work in the market. Yeah. Um, hence, you know, well, Wednesday for me was was my artistic side of 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 just having to really represent Nicaragua. But the the I call it senator. I think it's senate senator is the is the proper way. So you don't even got. say it right. <laughs> you know, I don't feel bad it's, now. <laughs> it's. Um, I wanted to name it. What did I want it to name it? I wanted to name it KV62, which is how they have the tomb of King Tut classified in the Valley of the Kings. So okay. every every tomb had a KV and then a number. Um, but yes, I'm sorry, I'm 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 diverting here. No, you, what were you saying about it? No, I was just saying I thought it was a great cigar. Um, I love the size on it. Longer, kind oh, of. Double yeah. perfecto. I mean, yeah. it, it's the first of all, the box and the bands. I know that the packaging is not always everything, but everyone always talks about it anyway. So let me just get it out of the way. It was fucking awesome. I thought it was cool. I thought Thank the box was you. sexy. It was black and gold. Obviously, I love that. But getting down to the actual cigar, no, the cigar was great. I loved the size that it was in. Um, it performed really well. And it, it was just, it was cool. Now, the only question I had was, because I don't remember off the top of my head, was that a one-time thing or is this a one-time? One yeah. That's yeah, it. Thank God, because I, I can't do that <laughs> box anymore. Um, <laughs> and, and the cigar, you know, the cigars are special. Um, and, the you know, it was one-time thing. We did uh, 750 boxes. So those are going to be gone. That was just for the 100th year anniversary of King Tut's discovery. It was it was a one-time, you know, thing. It only comes around every hundred years. So hopefully uh, some people save some of them. I know I'm saving a few, you know, just to have them stashed, but it you was a, a really special project. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I did get involved in High Claire early on was because of the history there with King Tut's tomb. I had known that his great grandfather, had funded Howard Carter and was responsible for the discovery. And that always intrigued me. And I, I had known that they had a full replica of the tomb under the castle, which uh, was awesome. I got to visit. I haven't been to, to Egypt yet to visit the real tomb, but I was at the one at Highclere and it's an exact replica of, of the tomb that they discovered. So this really intrigued me early on, I think we're talking 2016, 17, when I started the relationship with High Claire and just their history of cigar smoking, you know, they're smoking at the castle. I was able to access a lot of the documents of great grandfather's grandfather's Partagas factory receipts. 
wow. from different cigar shops. So that was super cool. You know, just being into history and everything, being able to have access to an archivist at the castle and to see a lot of these. So you're a real document. You're a real cigar geek then. I'm a yes, yes. <laughs> I am like most of I us. Am. <laughs> I, you know, I, and I just love. I'm a history geek just in in general. I love you know old books and old pictures and old documents and yeah, I have a bunch here. These are some of my. This isn't tobacco related, but this is the whole 1930 collection of Time magazines in one book. Wow. Yeah, this has uh, all the Time magazines from 1930. I had never seen something. It was a library that put them together. So it's kind of crazy. That is cool. That is cool. I just got this. This is how I nerd out. Well, and you've seen I it here, it. folks. This is this is how yeah. Nick Melillo spends his spare time. <laughs> <laughs> These are my Christmas presents to myself. Or yeah. Old books. Yeah. Hopefully, one day they'll end up in the library. I got it for a specific reason because of this. This um, is highly Selassie got Man of Year uh, the Year in 1930 November because he was coronated. So this is the the king that is on the tabernacle box. Right. Um, so that's why I, I specifically got this, but I got I, all of them because this this issue alone goes for a thousand dollars on the market. Like if you just wanted to find this Time magazine, it's about a grand if you can find it. Wow. I got this whole thing for like a hundred bucks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yep. So I mean, I would say so. Um. So, but if anyone out there is looking for a gift and money is no object, if you can find Nick that issue, an original in very good condition or better, I think you might have a win there. Uh, you just... know, I, I would accept that gift. <laughs> I would definitely accept that. But yeah, I mean, cigar me memorabilia and history, I, I love, I love that stuff too. So yeah. Um, no, yeah. it was cool to see that project because of that reason. I'm a history guy too. Um, I spend a lot of my time at night when I have nothing else to do, I just online reading, just reading historical stuff. And, um, I've always liked anything Egyptian, especially the ancient Egyptian stuff too. So for me, I was like, wow, this is badass. Like this is, this is something that personally, I really like this. I like the theme. I like what, I like the story behind it. Um, and then I was just like, I just hope the cigar is good because it, then it, you know, I don't want it to ruin it for me. And I had the cigar and I was like, no, nah, this is good. So it's a complete package. Um, but no, I was, uh, I know yeah. I didn't get a box. So if I come across a box, I, I have to grab one. But, um, so seven yeah, boxes, um, again, we, you know, I, it always starts with the cigar for me. You know, I think it's interesting because I think that's what happens sometimes is, is people get away from the cigar, but it definitely, as long as I'm around, it's always starting with the cigar. The packaging's become a way for me to be able to complement the blend with things that I'm really passionate about in my life, and you know, history and culture being being one of them. So, to do this project, we didn't want it to come across as a gimmick too. I'm I'm not a huge fan of gimmicks, although yeah. sometimes they can be funny and cool, uh, depending on what it is but not my thing. So we didn't want it to come across that way. So we really went in and 
you know, got the research down. There was lots of boxes found within the tomb. So we really got to work with that. That was cool, right? Because it's, there's yeah. boxes actually in the tomb storing things. There were so many, so many different boxes inside the tomb. So then it was just about, you know, how do we recreate it and do it properly? So hence my partner on the project, Adam from Highclere, you know, really made this great connection with these Egyptologists from Yale. And that really just helped make it even more authentic to make sure the hieroglyphics were proper on the box and to make sure, you know, the design and his logo was proper. So, yeah. I think that, you know, it's interesting that you said, you know, you don't want it to be like a gimmick. And I don't think it was either. If anything, I would describe what you did as a very well done tribute. Um, I think is the best way to describe it. It was a great tribute um, yes. in so many ways. Um, but I know what you mean about the gimmicky thing. You don't ever want to just, you don't want to just throw something out there that's kind of half-assed, that's kind of like a theme going. You're like, oh, we did this thing because of this. And But no, I mean, I think you're right. I think you guys took the time. You, you put some thought into it and, and you did it right. It came out well. The cigar was great. Um, but it was, it was more of a tribute. And I think that that was another home run. You got it. That's that's pretty much what a lot of my brands are, tributes and homages to something in particular. Right. So, I mean, you already yeah. kind of have that overall theme going for you with your brand. Um, so, you know, anytime you come up with something like that, it's kind of just, it's like another it's like another page in the book, right? It's another page of the story for you of kind of everything you've exactly. done to this point. Um, one that. question I wanted to ask, kind of to shake up the foundation talk a little bit. There's a question I'm going to ask you, but this, to be honest with you, this is a question that uh, is not really 100% from me. This is a question I hear people bring up all the time, and it's usually in regards to two people, you and Steve. And <laughs> it's... Even Saka Khan? No, 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 no. Not about Saka Khan. Um, but in regards to you and Steve, formerly being at Drew Estate, um, a lot of people always ask me, like, I wonder what... Um, I wonder what Nick and Steve think. And I've asked Steve this question, and I got the typical Steve answer. So now I'm like, I have to ask you. <laughs> but people always say, I wonder what Nick and Steve are, how they feel about the about the cigars that they had worked on during their time, and kind of you know where the where those brands had have come now that they've left. Um, do you feel that? I, no, go ahead. Go I, ahead. No, clarify. So, how the brands are doing now? You mean, or what yeah, just them now? since you guys have left them in the past, have they continued to go on to the way that you guys have envisioned, or have they changed? Just kind of like an honest outside opinion, even though you're doing your own thing now. I mean, I think they've gone on. Yeah, I mean, to just grow. I mean, if I see just in the marketplace, you know, the brands have just, I think, really flourished. You know, Liga Pravada's become a huge brand i mean it was a huge brand when when i was there but i think it's just grown and grown since i've left and i think the whole company has you know yeah. i think they've expanded out into different distribution chains into a wider a wider audience but um i think the company's just continued to grow when you were back in the day when you guys were working on Liga in the beginning I mean, did you ever think that, you know, it would it would become this thing like that it is? I mean, it's. 
You know, it, people, it is, a, it's such a crazy time because people don't remember at that time period in like 06, 07, you know, DE was seen as a joke amongst the hardcore traditionalist guys. You know, we were seen as the flavored guys. Um, and that was the image of the company. I mean, it's a completely different image than I think what it is now in a sense. I mean, there's still, you know, that DE has, has its own kind of flair and style, which is of course coming directly from, from Jonathan. Um, but we were at that time, we were seen as, you know, the flavored guys. And all we knew is, you know, I didn't, I didn't smoke flavored cigars. I was a hardcore traditionalist. You know, I smoked Padron 3000s. I smoked a lot of Fuentes. I respected, you know, the products as far as working at a tobacco shop is finding cigars for different palates. And uh, there's a there's a place in the market. And, you know, arguably, arguably it's, you know, infused cigars are one of the top selling cigars in the marketplace. Um, so there's definitely a place in the market for them. The sales show that. Um, of course. So I was, from when I got down there, you know, I was a cigar geek working at a shop. And I'm 24 in the north of Nicaragua amongst all these masters. I just started settling in and learning, learning tobacco and learning how to blend and learning the leaf you know, for years. So it was just a full commitment. When Steve came on, you know, his, his whole job was to bring us into that traditional world and brand a cigar in the traditional world and kind of, it, it was a huge monumental task because the image and brand was the flavored guys. So, um, you know, we were, that, that was a huge task. And I think Steve did it beautifully by you know being not understanding what needed to happen in Nicaragua you know at that time I'm in Nicaragua our, our tobacco inventories were not the greatest um, I needed a lot of tools in order to bring us into that traditional market and Steve helped provide that from the state side mm -hmm. and um then we just stayed committed to what it was. We knew we couldn't budge an inch on quality or consistency or any of it because of the microscope we were under and being the flavored guys. Right. So we just went hardcore into being committed to the product. You know, that's what we needed. We needed to do. And if I think if we wavered, you know, when it, it would have been a whole different story potentially, but the cigar smoke uh, smoked and spoke for itself. You know, we kind of knew as we gave it to people, you know, that there was something going on. You had something you, you, you knew. Yeah. You're like, we got it. We got it. Something's going yeah. on. Right yeah. It's kind of like Olmec too. Like when you start hearing, industry people smoking it and then you're hearing from industry people or industry people are being told you got to try this cigar like you got to smoke this cigar yeah then you kind of know there's something something up you know that the blend is is maybe standing out and 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 special in a way because that doesn't happen a lot like so many people especially in the industry 
they have access to so many cigars. There's so many cigars on the market. So when you get people in the industry saying, oh, you got to try this. And that's what was happening with Liga early on. You know, I was giving it to all my tobacco guys in Nicaragua. And I was like, you know, sm try this. And they were like, wow, that's, a, you know, can I, can I have another one? This is a, this is a special cigar. Now you talked so, to, I don't know if I'm answering your questions. So. No, I mean, you, you were also, you kind of also leading down the road that I wanted to go anyway, but you, you brought up a, a specific point that I didn't know you were going to say. And, you know, you mentioned about how when Steve came on in the Drew Estate days, when Steve came on, you know, he helped really provide a lot of tools and resources, right? You mentioned something about that. And at the time, like you said, Drew Estate was not what it is today at all. Um, would you say, or how would you say your experience with Drew Estate at that time in your younger years um, really helped to give you the the experience and, and the lessons learned that when you went to foundation and you were like, this is, this is my show, you know, how, how did that really, how did that really help you, you know, set up for the setup? How did that set you up for success later on? Sorry. I was trying to put that question together. I mean, it, it, it's set, set up for, you know, the, the, I always say there's three parts to this, the cigar industry farming. That's a world unto itself. Fermentation manufacturing, that's a world unto itself. Sales and distribution, that's a whole nother world, right? So I was able to really get, although I'm not farming on a daily, right. you know, I knew the farm, but that's not my experience as being out on a farm eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours on the weekends. You know, I, I, I have the, the more luxurious part of it and expecting crops and expecting tobacco barns and <laughs> you know the curing side of it um so you know I, the experience set me up on the blending and tobacco and manufacturing and really understanding you know the roots of the product um and, and cigars uh, from from the seed to you know the box um what i didn't have starting you know foundation was the sales and distribution side and that's what I've been learning constantly is the sales and distribution side of things. But yeah, I mean, my experience, you know, I went from retail working a tobacco shop in really the height of the cigar boom in 96 and then moving to Nicaragua. I mean, I, I, I was able to have a perspective on the industry that I think a lot don't have the opportunity to have. You know, and That's true. even people, even people that work in Nicaragua per se might not know the tobacco, the tobacconist side, the shop side. And if you're missing that side, you know, that definitely has an effect, right? Because you might be used to certain Blantons or you might not understand the American palate. You might understand more of the Cuban style blends or maybe European style blends. So I've been able to kind of have a, a, a real good perspective and understanding, I think the market, uh, people's palates, you know, and how to put those components together to make, you know, blends that I really like. I mean, I got a really, can we swear on this show? Yeah, absolutely. I got to really fucking like it, you know, in order <laughs> for it to make it into the box. But I, I think I have, 
<laughs> I'm open to understanding what people like, right? Because working at a cigar shop, you're just not trying to, you know, force what you like into people's hands. That's that's not going to make you a great tobacconist. You know, you're trying to understand what that person likes and flavor profiles and what their palate, where their palate is at to get them the right cigar. And I'm open to that and understanding, you know, those flavor profiles. I enjoy different flavor profiles. So it's not always, you know, I have favorite favorites, of course. Right. But, you know, I can smoke a charter oak when I'm in the mood for it. It's a lighter blend. So I, I think having that openness and understanding different palettes has enabled me to be very diverse when it comes to blending and then also in creating, you know, different, different brands. Cause if you see the whole foundation portfolio, the idea is, okay, let's say you, there's no other cigars. You're a cigar, a, sh a cigar shop, a tobacconist you have no other cigars to sell that day except for foundation. There's all different walks, you know, people with different palettes that come through that door in the course, uh, course of a day. Do you have something that they're going to like? And then also price points, right? Right. So the idea in the portfolio was to really cover, you know, all of the whole gamut and, um, I think it's then understanding what those cigars are, right? Is the tobacconist understanding each of the of the brands and the blends and kind of where they belong. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't make cigars. I don't work out in fields. So who, who am I? But, you know, from the outside perspective, um, you know, I, we talk to people like you and, and so many others in this industry that, that do do that and are great at it and, and really know it. And, um are also very humble about it too, which I have to say, uh, which is, which is really nice. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting to have these conversations and, and hear responses to some of these questions. A lot of these questions we asked to everybody. And, um, but one of the things I picked up from you and I, and I've picked up on several others that are kind of had a similar history as you is, you know, that, that time in the retail shop, you know, before you did anything else, it really, I think, was one of the best things for you um, being to where you are today, where, you know, you have your own brand, you're, you're making your own cigars and, and, and stuff like that. And, and skills that, yes, you, you, you acquired, you know, in the years after that and stuff like that. But when you go back to, you know, you mentioned the beginning when you were 18, you were in that little cigar shop and people are like, who's this fucking kid? Who's like telling me like, what's good. Like I've been smoking cigars longer than he's been alive. And, you know, since then, you know, you've gained all this knowledge, you've gained all this experience, but it sounds to me like one of the most important things was that time in the retail store because you're able to really identify and remember when you identified with a consumer who comes into the shop and looking for a cigar, what do they like to smoke? What kind of flavors are they looking for? What kind of, which is, what kind of cigar did they want to buy? And not just telling them, well, you should smoke this because what I'm not telling you is we just bought these and we got to make sure they sell and this and that. And no, like really understanding like, well, what, like something that they're going to spend their money on that they're going to enjoy that hopefully they come back and buy more of. And then you go and right. you make, and you're, you're blending your own cigars and you're working with tobacco and you're like, you know, this is, 
you have those things of like, well, this is what I remember a lot of people liked and people like this and people like that. And then you go and you make your own cigars. So you're kind of already a little bit ahead of the game and not everyone has that experience. And I don't think you have to have that experience, but it sounds to me like that has been one of those things that has been a little bit of an advantage for you as you've gone forward and, and, and gone and made your own cigars. It doesn't hurt. And it didn't hurt then moving to Nicaragua and being able to use the knowledge from the cigar store on the production floor also. Yeah. Right. How, why are things done? Why, why can the, the wrapper only be one color? Why can't it be two color? You know, understanding the why and being able to explain it, especially to maybe someone who's never been in a cigar store or had that experience before. I mean, that, that comes in handy. Yeah. Otherwise it's, it's like, why, why does this, you know, why does the formation of the head have to be so perfect? Why does it have to be triple cap? You know, if yeah. you understand and, and it can explain, you know, why it is, it, it makes a big difference. Uh, I know we're running out of time. So um, I wanted to ask you before we left, uh, obviously, we've talked a lot about last year and everything that, you know, you had come out and, you know, we're talking about it and smoking it and it's all great. But it's 2023. It's a new year. Uh, I know it's early, but uh, can we expect to see more from from foundation this year or is it kind of just slow and steady you you might you might see some treats at the show uh-huh. uh you might see a few treats pca we'll i've been working pca yeah you know pca we'll, we should be there god willing representing we we try to go hard at the pca which is our industry trade show so i think you might see some it depends if everything's right i've had some things in the works so you know, now I'm I'm in Nicaragua to to tweak everything. As long as everything stays on schedule, you might see see a few treats at the show. Okay, give us something, uh, give a, a strong tease, and something to hopefully look forward to. Um, you might be... see a, ch- a charter oak extension. I don't know. Uh, oh, you might see a, oh. a nice ch- a nice treat in oh. charter oak. You might see something for tabernacle. Um, mm. I might be doing something for Tabernacle, which would probably be for something for charity, um, which it would be like a super special something, something, and you never know, possibly another core line, but I don't know yet. So Mitchell, uh, who's part of the smoke and tobacco team who couldn't be on with us tonight, he put an interesting comment up here and I, th- I think you can see this, but I'll read it for those who are listening at no home. No comment, Mitchell. No comment. Aha. Uh-huh. I hope Nick brings <laughs> out the cigars from some of that new tobacco he's been working on. He teased us last year. I don't know what Mitchell's talking about. Hmm. <laughs> Sentaga. Yeah. Someone asked earlier, are you Italian? I am Italian. Yeah. I am. I, I am Sicilian. Nablidano. Um, uh, and there's a little <laughs> bit of... Uh, Venetian in there somewhere. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got some good. I'm, I'm watching the uh, YouTube questions here from time to time. Mm-hmm. You got some. There's some interesting stuff like going on over there. You got some regulars going on over there. Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, there's some stuff going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, oh, as, as, as Coop would say, uh, rumor free, teaser free, but apparently we've broken that rule here tonight. So. 
Yeah. What is this program you use on this? It's um... Ecamm Live. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so there's Live. comments here, too. Yeah. Oh, They're all I'm seeing this. Nick, please join the LFD Discord. <laughs> okay. I'm just seeing this for the first time. <laughs> Yeah, someone asked earlier, uh, what, what, what did they ask you? Someone asked you um, how you became friends with Joe Rogan. Oh, boy. How I became friends. Um, it Wow. <laughs> it just sort of happened, man. It happened over COVID. Um, a friend of a friend actually was, who's a big cigar smoker, was actually traveling when Joe moved to Texas, and he brought a box of cigars that we had hand painted. We had hand painted a box, a special box for him. And that really started. Um, I had been a big Joe JRE fan for many years and tried reaching out like, you know, five, six, seven years ago. And of course it's impossible to get through um, via their email or, or anything. And just some random events occurred and yeah, he got a box in his hands, and ever since he had a box, he's just been really big supporter of Foundation. It's been amazing to see, uh, you know, just all the support he's given us. So I ended up making him a cigar just for him, um, based on kind of what he was smoking. He was smoking Wise Man Maduros for a while. He was smoking um, our Tabernacle David and Goliaths. And yep. I ended up making him his, his own broadleaf blend. Really? His own band. Yeah. Interesting. So, he's been smoking those pretty consistently. So he's a broadleaf guy. He's a broadleaf guy. Uh, you know, he wasn't a big smoker. Now, now I think he smokes pretty regularly. But I could tell based on what he liked as far as foods and scotches. He liked spicy. He liked really peaty scotches. So I knew, you know, typically somebody that's newer to smoking, you wouldn't give them, say, a, a stronger broadleaf blend. But he definitely had different palate. Um, again, going back to what we've been talking about is just, you know, finding the right blend for the right palate. So he really, he really took to the broadleaf blend, and he's he smokes them pretty consistently. Now he's wow. got a nice uh, humidor up in the uh, in the podcast studio, so he's he's set up. Nice. Nice. Set up. Well, that's that's uh, that's definitely a nice little interesting there's a, treat. There's a lot of people asking for the cigar. You know, I just make it for him, but we we get hit up a lot for the cigar. They got they got everybody's got to ask Joe. They got to they got to go for go to Joe and get go find get Joe, Joe Rogan. To, uh, yeah, I mean, if people, I think if if people go for his, uh, you know, his his Instagrammer. Or something, uh, and there's an outcry. Maybe, uh, maybe it will happen. But that's on Joe. Yeah, you know, I have to say, you know, I've followed Joe for a long time, and I know he's a cigar smoker. And if anything, now he's just he's he's helping bring cigars back. I saw he had he had Portnoy on the other day. They were smoking cigars, and it's like yep. this, you know we need that right now. We need more celebrities pushing the cigars. You know. Yeah, they were smoking the. Uh... The Joe Rogan. Yeah, there J-R-E. you go. Yeah. So if you're Dave Portnoy, yeah. you can get it. You know, so I don't know. You have to. You have yeah. to know Joe. If you're on the <laughs> podcast, you gotta know Joe. 
I, I've known, met some of his his comedian friends, um, like Ari Bert, Shafir being one. Tom um, Segura. Yeah, those guys smoke cigars, but specifically Ari Shafir. He's um, he he's good. Robert Kelly. Um, they actually came up and visited me on the farm, um, and gave I gave them a little tour. So they got they got some JREs. They did a, a pod. They do a podcast called Two Comics, Two Cigars. If you ever get a chance, check it out. It's it's pretty funny. I will. I so will check just, that out. It's just two comics smoking cigars. So they did one. If you put in two comics, two cigars, Connecticut, they they shot one right from the fields uh, in the fall. Nice. So it's them. It's them smoking the Joe Rogan cigar in a, a broadleaf tobacco field. That's really cool. Well, yeah. Nick, I, I know I know you got to run, so I don't want to hold you up for too long. I, no, uh, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to finish up some stuff here on the show. Um, but thank you for being here, Nick, and uh, we will catch up with you at PCA later this year. Sounds good. Thanks, thanks everybody, for tuning in. Absolutely. Take care, Nick. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Cheers. Right. All right. So that was Nick Melillo. Uh, I have a couple of things I just want to bring up before we do sign off. Uh, there's a giveaway to announce, and there is news. So our news, once again, is brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. Dot com. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com, you can sign up to become an official ambassador with the brand, as well as join their their Facebook McAuliffe Ambassador Group only at McAuliffeCigars.com. This was a very busy news week. There's a lot on here. Um, there's a couple of highlights. I'm just going to kind of read the highlights off just because there's a lot of different things. Espinosa Premium Cigars will be raising their prices. You can read more about that at SmokingTobacco.com, um, but they will be going up. Sorry if I can get this thing to open. Um, there is going to be, um, across the majority of its portfolio, a 5% increase in price. So if, if you are an Espinosa smoker, expect to see some slightly higher prices uh, after February 1st of 2023. Um, Davidoff unveils its difference campaign and will be bringing back its, formula, its former um, permanent core line size. Um, it's classic number one as a limited edition across... It's white band lines that will be uh, 15,000 boxes available across, I want to say, the Signature, the Millennium, the Grand Crew, and the Anniversario. Um, that will be available later this year. Actually, I'm sorry, later this month, uh, at the end of January. Uh, Gurkha Cigars, for those who missed the show last week, Gurkha announced that there will be two new cigar lines coming. Um, one of them is going to debut at the Great Smoke. The Ghost Connecticut will be available first at the... Uh, Great Smoke in March, as well as the Grand Age 2, which we will we'll see both of those next month at TPE in Las Vegas. Um, and the giveaway that I wanted to announce this week is we have a J.C. Newman Antique Classic Ashtray. You might have seen them floating around. There's some of them out there that J.C. Newman released uh, about last month. We'll be giving one away, so if you head over to SmokeyTobacco.com, there will be a page up there for you to check that out. Sign up for our email newsletter. The updates and information on that, how to win that, and how to enter into the giveaway will be posted there. So don't forget to sign up for the email newsletter. And thank you all for being here once again. For those who are listening later on the podcast platforms, thank you. And to everyone, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube, everywhere you get your podcasts, however you listen or watch our show. Thank you once again. And with that, we will see you Tuesday night with Abe, Alex, and... I believe Alec and Bradley are coming on with us to talk a little bit about the Great Smoke and the Great Smoke Alec Bradley limited release. And we will see you then. Take care. 
Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoking Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.